phones? Yep. No, no. Something about the car? Oh, you mean Boost's super reliable, super fast network. Before that, the car smashing thing. What? The smashing deal we got? Four lines for just $25 per line per month? No. Between the four lines for $25 per line per month and the unlimited gigs part, you said I smashed up the car a bit. I did. It's completely smashed. We need a new vehicle. But four free phones. Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Limited time offer while supplies last. Offer applies to Samsung Galaxy A20. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. One free device per line. Includes mobile optimized data. Additional terms and restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. A new warning about charging stations. CBS's Stefan Kaufman has the details. That random USB charging cable found at airports as well as hotels may have hackers waiting thanks to installed malware. The malware infects the devices, giving hackers a way in to read and export your information, including passwords. Refowler with Consumer Reports. They've gotten much more sophisticated. They've been able to miniaturize this technology and make it a lot less detectable. Fowler says infected USB cords are similar to ATM skimmers. Stefan Kaufman, CBS News. You never know what you'll find as the earth warms up and permafrost melts. Scientists in Russia are showing off a prehistoric puppy discovered in a lump of frozen mud near the city of Yakuts. It still has hair, teeth, whiskers, and eyelashes. They've also found parts of woolly mammoths and other prehistoric animals in Russia's far east. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Are you more than $10,000 in debt? Feel like you're on a never-ending treadmill, staying in one place and never getting ahead with those minimum payments? You feel like there's no way out? Don't let the credit card companies bully you anymore. There are programs in place to help you get free of your debt, and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. The program at Total Financial Freedom can help you get debt-free in months instead of decades. Get off the debt treadmill and stop the harassment. Get free of credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and medical bills. Call now at 800-899-8922 for free information. For about 10 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, too. Get off the endless cycle without having to declare bankruptcy. You'll have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Call Total Financial now at 800-899-8922. That's 800-899-8922. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Cricket Wireless has some unbelievable Black Friday and holiday deals starting November 22nd until January 9th. We have select iPhones $200 off when you switch to Cricket Wireless. LG Style 5s, Motorola G7 Supras, all free when you switch to Cricket Wireless. Four lines, fully unlimited for only $100 a month, taxes and fees included, on one of the nation's largest carriers. Come in today for the best deals of the year while supplies last. Cricket Wireless, we give you something to smile about. Here at See any hardware and outdoors in Athens. We're having a sale so big it can't fit into just one day. We're going to make it last a whole week from December 2nd until the 7th. 
we are reducing prices on tons of items. Electric ranges starting at $300. Hot point washers starting at $360. 9 mil ammo starting at $7. 20% off all fishing and hunting gear, and the list goes on and on and on. See any hardware and outdoors, your place to shop local for the holidays. Byron's anxious because he's at the grocery store and has to make a choice between swiping his check card or inserting it into that awkward chip reader. All right, that'll be $73.54. Deep breath, Byron. You've got the Ohio University Credit Union free checking account, free debit card, no monthly maintenance fee or low balance fees, and unlimited transactions. You've got this. He boldly chooses the chip reader and... Smooth move, Byron. Yes. Get your free checking account today at OUCU.org. Fairly insured by NCUA. One moment it's kind of snowing, the next minute raining. Regardless, it's all in keeping with our weather forecast today. We're showing 35 degrees outside our windows now and um, headed to 40, they say. We'll see. Anyway, it's um, it's a Monday. <laughs> it's kind of gloomy out there, isn't it? That's uh, just the way it is. Good morning, folks. Welcome. A whole new month now we have in the final month of this calendar year, December. It is December 2nd. And uh, a busy week for me, I might add. Um, but you don't need to know about that. We'll just, uh, I'll, I'll just say it is. Anyway, um, let's see here. December 2nd. This is the 336th day of 2019. We've got 29 days left. That's right. That's all. And let's see our... Our highlight in history, uh, today being a free-for-all edition, of course. Uh, Tomorrow we do have a guest. I'll get to that in a little bit. But um, um, the the event they chose for our um, highlight in history, they being Associated Press, they go back to the year 1859 when on December 2nd, a militant abolitionist, John Brown, was hanged for his raid on Harper's Ferry the previous October. The the thought for the day comes from Henry J. Kaiser, who was, of course, an industrialist, an American industrialist, Kaiser aluminum and all that sort of thing. Um, by the way, his years of life, 1882 to 1967. And um, Kaiser's uh, thought for the day goes, when your work speaks for itself, don't interrupt. 
Yes, I still have a cough. <coughs> but I might add, I'm much better. And it's long uh, due. Uh, how are you doing back there, Scott? Are, are you're, uh, let's see here. Which mic are you on, too? Uh, yes. Okay. Here we are. You still have your super deep voice. But uh, are you starting to mend? Yeah, I'm doing, I I feel okay. I just sound a little different, I guess. But, uh, yeah, seem to be doing okay. Good. Well, let's see here. Birthdays are something we often do. Former Attorney General Edwin Meese III is today 88. Former Senator Harry Reid from Nevada is 80. Kathy Lee Crosby, the actress, 75. Could you get FM to close their door? Sure. Yeah, Dave has got such a strong voice, and if his door isn't closed, um, we're talking about the Dave machine. He's great. Anyway, uh, let's see, where were we? Uh, Skipping through the names I'm familiar with. Boy, there's a bunch today. Oh, Stone Phillips from Broadcast Journalism, right? 65. Dennis Christopher, the actor, 64. Country singer Joe Henry, 59. So many names. Let's see. Here's uh, Monica Sells, right? Tennis, Hall of Famer. Yes. 46. Uh, when you look at her body, her strength, you know, it just, it's so apparent. She's, um, it, it's fun to watch her in matches and, you know, playing the game, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of those, every one of those ladies, Absolutely. Very, very strong performers. Let's see here. Lucy Liu is 51 today, the actress. Um, well, let's just skip down to the youngest person listed. These are actresses. Uh, it, I would guess Deanna and Daniela Canterman. So I'm guessing they're twins, and they're 27. That would probably be a pretty good presumption. Pretty good guess, huh? Yes. Okay. I thought so, too. All right. I will set this over here. Uh, Today is, uh, let's see, National Special Education Day, National Mutt Day, M-U-T-T. It's Cyber Monday. I think you would knew that one. And National Fritters Day. Mm-hmm. Apple fritters. Mm, mm, yeah. yeah. Um, if I go into a bakery, I'm generally in trouble. You know what I mean. So many good things there. So uh, I told you we had a um, we have a, a guest tomorrow. I thought I'd give you a little background on it. So I'm going to throw out. Um, let's see. How should I do this? This is a, a good friend of mine and a neighbor. 
And uh, her, na- her name is Nuquette Sandal. Now, she is a native of Turkey. And I don't need to tell you how much how many problems there have been over in Turkey recently, and for that matter, uh, for some time. Uh, she is uh, very familiar with this term ISIS and Kurds and all of these things that have been in the news so much. And um, she is, uh, by many standards, um, an expert on this topic or these topics. And, you know, we hear these terms, but do we really know what they mean? Some of you probably are a lot brighter than I am and do. But I'm going to ask her to explain them as as if I had never heard of them. Right? All right. And, um, and see if I can understand why there seems to be so much tension and so much turmoil. And and danger associated with these these groups and and beliefs. All right. Um. So Nuket Sandel tomorrow, and we'll learn about uh, ISIS in particular. She is a member of the faculty at Ohio University. Political science, if I'm not mistaken. Um, all right. Now, let's do some historical stuff, as we often do on a free-for-all. You need what? You need me to go this way. You could have said that. I could have moved earlier. Okay. So, um, historical events. Never heard of this guy, Napoleon Bonaparte. Kidding, of course. 1804, on this date, he was crowned the Emperor of France. And that occurred, of course, in Paris. 1823, President James Monroe declares the Monroe Doctrine, which was, of course, a U.S. foreign policy regarding Latin America. Um, 1845, all of these on today's date, the Manifest Destiny. Our president at the time, James K. Polk, announces to Congress that the United States should aggressively expand into the West. And I would say, indeed, we did. 18, I'm sorry, 1929 on this date. I think I can pronounce all of this. The first skull of Peking Man found. 50 kilometers out of Peking at Sodkotian. And then something far more recent, in fact, in my history... Um, in 1976, on this date, Fidel Castro becomes president of Cuba, 
And uh, what was uh, Torado? Torado, I think, was the name of his predecessor. Um, bum bum bum. Famous birthdays. Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay Packers quarterback. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he looks <clears throat> pretty good photo of him here. 36th birthday, it says. Um, now, someone going way back. George's, George's Sarat. S-A-U-R-A-T. Who was born on this date in 1859. He died in 1891. Now, why are we supposed to know him? Can you help me with that? S-E-U-R-A-T. And, um... S-E-U-R-A-T. Georges? Yes. Okay. People are probably out there listening and screaming. He was a French post-impressionist artist. <laughs> well, I doubt there were too many screaming. Yeah. But uh, yeah. nevertheless. Devised painting techniques known as a word about six inches long as well as pointillism. Chromoluminarism. Chromoluminarism as well as pointillism. And all of that back in the 1800s. Yeah. While less famous than his paintings, his Conte crayon drawings have also garnered a great deal of critical appreciation. George's Surratt. Well, maybe on Friday, when things slow down a little bit for me, I'll or look up a couple of his people. Could be. It's probably George. Now that you mention it, yeah, since it's a Francais yeah. pronunciation. Britney Spears, she's celebrating her thirty-eighth birthday today, as is Monica Sells, who's it is for her the forty-sixth birthday. And in terms of famous deaths. We only have one showing here. It's John Brown, who lived from 1800 to 1859. I'm sorry, Scott. I'm pressing you on this. John Brown? Yeah. All right. Um, Let's see what materializes. 1800. I thought it was something like this. He was an American abolitionist. Okay. He used the... Uh, armed insurrection to overthrow the institution of slavery in the United States. Fair enough. It's a Monday, folks. Um, let's see, I did this and I did that. Hmm. He was also known for his raid on Harper's Ferry well, in yeah. 1859. Now that one we know a little better, don't yes, we? Yes, we do. Well, what's going on in the world? Um, I often refer to the New York Times uh, when I'm doing my show prep. And uh, so today they say um, that they're covering new details about the unrest, the unrest in Iran. Uh, they're also covering what they're calling the dwindling Democratic presidential field. 
as well as the arrest of suspects in a massacre last month in Mexico. Um, let's see here. Uh, the first story says a trade deal is a quandary for uh, Democrats. The Trump administration reached an agreement with Canada and Mexico on revisions to the North American Free Trade Agreement last year, but the deal still needs the approval of Congress. Um, the Thanksgiving break has been occurring for Congress, and lawmakers returned to Washington today. And as they do so, the question for Democrats is whether to back the deal and give President Trump a victory in the midst of the impeachment investigation, right? Well, what are the details? The deal is between Russia, uh, Russia, uh, Canada and uh, Mexico with the United States is more progressive than traditional Republican views on trade and includes measures that Democrats have long sought. Those include, like, well, requiring more of car parts to be made in North America, rolling back a special system of arbitration for corporations, and strengthening Mexican labor unions. Another angle, lawyers for Mr. Trump said on Sunday that they wouldn't participate in the House Judiciary Committee's first public impeachment hearing this week. So, Democrats trying to figure out, will they support it or won't they support it? It's something they want, but does that mean a victory for President Trump. Um, let's see here. Iran. Um, the word is that um, at least 180 people and probably hundreds more have been killed in the past few weeks in some of the worst political unrest in Iran since the Islamic Revolution 40 years ago. Protests erupted after a steep increase in the price of gas was announced on November 15th. In the resulting government crackdown, Iranian security forces opened fire on the demonstrators. The scope of the violence is now becoming clear after an internet blackout was lifted. Now, the authorities have not disclosed the number of casualties and arrests and have denounced unofficial figures on the death toll as speculative. Many Iranians have directed their hostility at the country's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali uh, Khamenei. Boy, it's harder to say when you see it in writing. Anyway, who had called the response a justified reaction to a plot by 
Iran's enemies. Well, what's the background? The gas price increase came as Iran struggles to fill a budget gap created in large part by tight American restrictions on the country's oil exports. Yet another angle. In Iraq, the formation of a new government will probably take weeks, if not months, after the resignation of um, their prime minister there, which occurred over the weekend. He was facing widespread anger over political corruption and Iran's influence over Iraqi politics. So, Iran. In another story, we have, um, well, the the headline kind of reads, How Black Voters Could Help Joe Biden. The former vice president might lose the first Democratic contests in Iowa and New Hampshire, but if he maintains his strength with black voters, he will have a structural advantage that's greater than his uneven polling lead suggests. Under party rules, more delegates are awarded in districts with high concentration of Democrats, And because black people overwhelmingly vote Democratic, areas with many black residents tend to have higher numbers of Democratic delegates. So a recent poll showed Mr. Biden had 44% among black voters in South Carolina, which has, of course, historically been a harbinger for how the South as a whole will vote. The same poll showed his closest competitor, that being Bernie Sanders, trailing him by more than 30 percentage points among black voters. Okay, here, uh, let's see, this is kind of a quiz. Who was the last Democratic presidential candidate to win the nomination without winning a majority of black voters? Hmm. President Jimmy Carter. I'm guessing. I have no idea. Well, um, before that, it was, uh, I'll tell you the year. Okay. 1988. Oh, um. I don't. I don't think you'll get it, Michael Dukakis. That's who I was. I was really his pi- yes. Well I was done, man. His picture. I was trying to think of his name, Dukakis. Yeah. Well done. Let's see. What else do we have related to this? Um, I don't. This happened sometime recently. The governor Steve Bullock of Montana and Representative Joe Shestak. Shestak of Pennsylvania have now dropped out of the race. 
I think I had heard about some of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think uh, candidate Cory Booker is appealing for monetary donations. So. Some of the other updates of the candidates. I think was, only six of them have qualified for the next debate at this point. As with the small group of people last night and they were just talking about some of the candidates right now the uh, on the democratic side uh, the woman who seems to be in the lead as far as female candidates are concerned and she is also is she a senator or a member of the congress she's now, a senator and her name is? Elizabeth Warren? Yes. They just, um, they finally made the point that she seems so forceful and animated all the time. She you know what I mean? really flails her arms. And, and um, she talks. I think they were, how do I want to say, I think they liked it initially. But as time has gone on, they've had maybe second thoughts about her intensity in that sort of thing. I don't know. I um, She really came after my days of being active in Washington, so I don't know her at all. Um, Pretty much all of all the people I knew there are now have passed on or are no longer active. But um, I did have the pleasure of knowing many fine um, office holders. Yeah, that's the right term. Mm-hmm. All right, and and knowing them a bit on a personal level, like going fishing with them and crazy things like that, right? All right, let's see here. Now, let's let's talk about Great Britain. Um, You should be aware that Great Britain's welcoming a number of the world leaders to London this week to observe the... 70th anniversary of NATO. Well, while this is all happening, um, you might say the royal family is at some form of a turning point, right? You could say that, yes. Um, Prince Charles... The 93-year-old queen's son and heir. Is that right? He's 93? That's got to be a typo. That's got to be. I don't think he's that. How old is she? The queen? Yeah. I think she's probably 93. This has to be a, a typo. Sort of, uh, let's, let's figure out, first of all, his... Yeah, she's birth. 93. She's 93. Yeah. Oh, I see how they... I misread the uh, 
the punctuation here, okay? So it says, Prince Charles, the 93-year-old queen's son and heir. There you go. There we go. He's 71. Okay, I thought something didn't make sense, and it was me. Anyway, Prince Charles has recently moved to take a greater role in royal affairs. Uh, Most notably, he pressed to strip his younger brother, Prince Andrew, of his public duties after Andrew gave a disastrous TV interview about his friendship with the um, convicted pedophile, Jeffrey Epstein, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Here's a quotable. It says, The monarchy is the rock of stability that has served this country well in times of crisis. Well, whose quote was that? A person by the name of Penny Junor. J-U-N-O-R, I think it is. Who's a royal biographer. She goes on, but we're coming to the end of a pretty troubled year, which adds to the woes of the family. So this NATO thing is going on over there. Um, The 70th anniversary, if you will. Uh, This is what you might describe as a deliberately low-key meeting for NATO or its celebration, coming amid a wariness about what President Trump might say. Last year, if you recall, he considered withdrawing the U.S. from the military alliance. You just never know, do you? Anyway, so um, the latest episode of the Times TV show is about Mr. Epstein and two of America's top lawyers. And they say, if you'd like, read behind-the-scenes notes about the episode, which is available on uh, several of the New York Times social media sites. Um... I'm just scanning through here. Some stories I think are worth sharing and some maybe not. Well, I tell you what, I'm I'm, I'm just going to put this thing away. We've covered the, the top ones, if you will. You hear me periodically mention Wallet Hub. It is a source of studies that I have found useful and interesting. So uh, this morning they announced a new one. This one is entitled 2019's Safest Cities in America. Now this is 16 pages long. So I'm going to try to pull out just some highlights. Uh, They opened the study by uh, the following 
couple of paragraphs. They say, people encountered, let me start that over, people encounter hazards every day. Some serious, some rare and innocuous, but we fear certain kinds more than others. According to Gallup, and they're talking about the Gallup poll, nearly half of Americans fear being a victim of a mass shooting or a terrorist attack. Now, Scott, um, you know, there have been a number of mass shootings terrorist incidents, and so on and so forth. Too many. But, do you feel you are among half the population that is fearful of that? No. I don't either. Now, is that the result of living in Athens, Ohio? I would say that would contribute to that, yes. If I lived in my hometown of Worthington, would I feel more likely? I don't think so. Um, I'm trying to think of other places I've lived. Um, if I lived in Norfolk, Virginia, would I feel more likely? Again, I don't think so. So I I find it quite remarkable that they say, the Gallup poll, nearly half of Americans feel, rather fear, being a victim of a mass shooting or terrorist attack. Well, I'll let that go. Well, they happen in so many different areas, just at random, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, places that you never heard about until it's on the news. For instance, had you ever heard of Sandy Hook before that happened? The elementary school? Mm-hmm. No. No. Um, or was it elementary? Whatever. It was a uh, public school. Yes, it was. I mean, places like that and, you know, the the bigger cities. All right. The one most recent one in London mm. on the bridge there. Uh, we had the shooting in Florida, the shooting in Vegas at the concert, the hotel. So yeah, those are bigger cities we have heard of. But at times, when these random things pop up in areas, you know, you, you wouldn't think so, things like this would happen. Um, I get factoids put in my head, and then I sort of forget the accuracy of them. I want to say the United States has 330 million people, the population. Um, let's let's uh, formalize, uh, verify that a minute. United States population. Okay, I think we were at uh, right around 330 million. That's what I just said, isn't it? Yes. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's so, where we are. My my head was right on that. 327.2. Yeah. So, 330. The world's population. Isn't it like 3 billion? Oh, well, let's see what the latest number is. It came from 2019, 7.5 billion. 
So twice what I thought. A little over twice. $7.5 billion. Billion, with a B, yes. Okay. Now, I hate to put something as... as as scary or frightening into numbers. But, but when you look at the the world's population and then blend that against the number of lives lost through these type of incidents we're talking about, It's still a micro number. You know what I mean? And I I worry a little bit about people worrying so much. Well, these are just personal thoughts, and I'll pass by them and move on with the story. Well, yeah, like, sure, I get that. And uh, also, I just found a statistic that is rather... Alarming. Uh oh. Since Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newton, Massachusetts, you know, we've never heard of Newton, Massachusetts, most likely. But since then, there have been at least 2,313 mass shootings since Sandy Hook, with at least 2,614 killed, 9,638 wounded since 2012. That is alarming. Well, let's go on. Um, Let's see here. Um, Anyway, so that's attacks and stuff like that. But people can feel unsafe in other ways, too. Besides the type of hazards that can cause bodily injury or other physical harm, Taking out an unaffordable second mortgage, foregoing health insurance, or even visiting unsecured websites are also ways people run into danger. At the top of the list of worries is the availability of affordable health care, which 80% of Americans worrying about worry about either being a great deal or a fair amount. That is how much they worry about it, they're saying. Well, no one can avoid all danger. However, we can take on a certain level of risk based on where we choose to live. Some cities are simply better at protecting their residents from harm than others to determine where Americans can feel the most secure in more than one sense, WalletHub compared more than 180 cities across 41 key indicators of safety. Their data set ranges from assaults per capita to unemployment rate to rogue quality. So um, let's see what they they came up with. So safest cities in the United States. Now, 
Folks, you, many of you know Patricia. I call her Pat, my wife. My wife lived in Columbia, Maryland for 23 years and worked the Washington-Baltimore Corridor as an interior designer. The safest city in the United States is Columbia, Maryland. I had no idea. Okay. Now, we'll just sort of skip on down here. We'll, we'll, we'll give you the top ten. So Columbia, Maryland is number one. Number two, Yonkers. In, you know, um, one of New York's... Um, boroughs. Boroughs, thank you. Number three, Plano, Texas. Four, Gilbert, Arizona. Five, South Burlington, Vermont. Six, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Lived there myself for a couple of years. Seventh, Bismarck, North Dakota. Eighth, Nashua, New Hampshire. Ninth, Chandler, Arizona. And tenth, Warwick, Rhode Island. Now, bear in mind, there's 180 cities on this list. And when we get to 180 or 181, whatever the last one is, that kind of means it's the least safe, right? Yes. Okay, so uh, where are we? we? We left off with top 10, Warwick, Rhode Island. Number 11th is right next to uh, what I gave you as number 6, which is Chesapeake, Virginia. Burlington, Vermont, 14. I'm skipping around now. Madison, Wisconsin, 16. Laredo, Texas, 17. Turn the page. Winston-Salem, North Carolina, number 21. Raleigh, North Carolina, 22. Skipping, skipping, skipping. Number 29, where my son Paul, our son Paul lives. Irvine, California. And if I'm not mistaken, let me look real closely again here. Yeah. Irvine is the uh, first time California has been mentioned. And it comes in at number 29 out of 181 listings. However, Fremont, California comes in next at 30th. Okay, Cheyenne, Wyoming comes in 32nd. You know how I love to play with Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> um, you play with them and it's safe there. Casper, Wyoming, <clears throat> number 35. Okay, we're going to start skipping some more. I am down to number 50 at this point. Turn the page. Um, what do you think I'm looking for, folks? Cities in Ohio. Uh-huh. I want to see if there's one in West Virginia. I'm looking at a map right now that shows that West Virginia is uh, one of the states listed on this map that is uh, has a very low mass shootings. Or 100,000 people rate. One okay. Of the, one of the very few. Now, 
I grant you, I didn't have time to look this over very much in advance. But I just found what I believe is our first Ohio. And it also is a bit of a surprise to me. Now I'm going to real quickly scan this one more time because I don't want to make an error with what I'm about to say. Looking for an OH. I-O! I-O. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of which, we'll we'll get to that. We will. Before we finish up here today. What a thumping. While you're looking, I'll throw that one in there. Okay, I I have double-checked myself. The first time Ohio shows up out of 181 is at 108. What city do you think it is? Oh, my goodness. Um, Van Buren, Ohio. (laughs) No. I have no idea. But it's almost as unbelievable, and that is Toledo. Oh, I was close. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, Honolulu comes in at 110. Okay, now, let's just keep on going with this Ohio business. Actually, Van Buren is on the way to Toledo, Mm -hmm. just south of Toledo. Okay, Cincinnati comes in 138. Columbus comes in 151st. Cleveland comes in 166th. And I've just done it. That's it? That's that's Ohio. Mm. Okay. Any other requests in that group? You wanted to know what the highest West Virginia was, yes. right? Yeah. Okay, let's see what we can here, then, here. In fact, let me just pass you this group. All right. And I'm going to go on <clears throat> to some other points here. I'm thinking Parkersburg might fall in there somewhere. I don't know. All right, let's see here. Okay, now, while we're doing this, by the way, we do have a caller. Let me bring them on board. I, I hope I haven't made you wait too long. Good morning. No, just got on. Okay, what's uh, up? Did I hear there was an OU football player that was stabbed over the weekend? Um, let's see here. That was a, a former Ohio State player. Yes. Oh, it was Ohio State? Yeah. Okay. And it's right. uh, and not a current player. Okay. Okay. Right. I can go back to sleep. <laughs> okay, thank you. That was uh, Terrell Pryor. He used to be the quarterback at Ohio State. He's uh, a free agent in the NFL right now. I don't think he's playing with the team at the moment. Mm -hmm. But he's played with uh, five or six NFL teams to this point. Okay. Here Um, we go. 134 is Charleston, West Virginia. Okay. So they're not doing much better than Ohio. Huntington is 147. Let me uh, move on to another thing, and, and all right. it's all related to this uh, report. 
So Charleston came in highest of the group, and Huntington was next. Yes. Okay, but neither one of them very high. Correct. Okay, let's talk about uh, traffic fatalities uh, per capita. Let's go with the fewest. Now, this is quite remarkable. New York City has the fewest traffic fatalities per capita. Mm. Everybody walks or takes cabs. Um, or the subway. Or they don't get up to um, internet speeds. Yeah, or public transportation. I- internet speeds. Sort. Listen to me. Interstate speeds. <laughs> um, San Francisco is number two in that group. And then goes to Juneau, Alaska. I think that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now, how about um, the highest number of traffic fatalities per capita? Mobile, Alabama is the worst. That's a great city, too. Um, I th- My printer's a little light. I can't quite read it, but Casper, Wyoming, comes in there at uh, fourth most. Okay, most law enforcement employees per capita. Where do you think? Hmm. New York City again? Uh, they come in to, uh, actually, uh, let me strike that. We have a five, five-way tie. So New York is one of the five. So the five cities that all have equal number of employees per capita. Washington, D.C., New York, New York, Newark, New Jersey, St. Louis, Missouri, and Chicago. Um, fewest assaults per capita. Okay, you heard, heard me talk about Sun Paul out in Irvine. Mm-hmm. Well, Irvine comes in number one. Warwick, Rhode Island. Glendale, Arizona. Gilbert, uh, Arizona. Glendale, California, I'm sorry. Gilbert, Arizona. Those, okay. Um... Gee, I didn't realize how late it had gotten. I, I even have a good Christmas tune queued up. But, um, we're, we're, you know, we're starting the holiday music, of course. Well, you get the point. Um, I think um, I think sometimes these reports tend to uh, demonstrate that we might be Fearing a little bit too much. Just my personal thought. Scott, you may completely disagree. Well, I, I concur with that, too, because, uh, you know, we a lot of us, we are not part of that study or the research group, too. So uh, what we experience here is different than what is experienced in a lot of these cities we just named off. So, yes, I mean, you can't live your life in fear. I mean, that's exactly what terrorists want us to do. Indeed. Well, let's see here. Um, I guess I will hold off on the uh, Christmas tune because we've really only got 60 seconds remaining. I'll say real quick that you guys that bought uh, betting slips on who was going to win the Heisman Trophy this year and you picked Joe Burrow, 
You might as well start counting your winnings right now after his performance Saturday night. 23 of 52, 352 yards, three touchdown passes. Clearly, in my view, the leader. Not just because he's from here and I work with his dad and I know the family like you do. So, he's earned it. That is the distinguishing factor right there. He has earned it. They play in the SEC championship game this Saturday at 4 o'clock. Okay. Now, um, there are some people speculating that OSU and LSU could match up. In the national championship, that's quite possible. Yes. Wow. Wouldn't that be something? Yes, it would. I would love it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think CBS is supposed to be on the air. This is CBS News on the Hour, your home for original reporting. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. There are protests outside the Supreme Court this morning where justices are about to hear arguments over a New York law preventing registered gun owners from carrying their weapons outside the city. CBS News legal analyst Thane Rosenbaum. This new conservative majority on the court is going to have a problem with these restrictions on gun ownership. But since the case began, New York changed the law and repealed these rules. It's deja vu for post-holiday travelers. A winter storm that wreaked havoc in the Midwest is rolling into the Northeast, where it could dump more than a foot of snow as the day wears on. CBS's Jim Crisula is with Travelers in the South. Countless travelers heading home from Thanksgiving visits, including Kendall Boyer, will have to pack their patience as snow and ice affect air travel. So we arrived two hours early from our flight because we were concerned about weather delays, and we do, in fact, have weather delays. Weather-related flight cancellations and delays are expected through tomorrow, especially on the East Coast. Jim Crisula, CBS News, Piedmont Triad International Airport, Greensboro, North Carolina. More than 1,100 flights have been delayed so far today. More than 200 have been canceled. They held vigils in the U.K. for two graduate students killed in a knife fight. Where there is hatred... In Cambridge, where they studied, and in London, where they died. Praise for two young people dedicated to helping Britain's prison inmates and a pledge by London's mayor. To say that London will never be cowed or intimidated by terrorism. With elections here just 10 days away, both Prime Minister Boris Johnson and opposition Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn have been accused of using Friday's knife